Welcome to Victory Christian Center. You're about to hear from our senior pastor, Pastor Stefan Schlugel, as he brings a message on a Sunday service. Well, today I want to begin a, a new series of messages. And when I say series, I'm not planning to go uh, on... Uh, certainly not as long as what we did in the last series when we spoke about faith. That's now behind us. We will continue to walk by faith and speak faith. But today I want to touch on something else uh, uh, and focus on truth that will help us to combat the current corruption and lies that are so prevalent in the world today. Um, have always been there, but are very, very prevalent today. And I'm going to just give you a little bit of a preamble, if you like, and then uh, Take us through some scripture references, uh, and then uh, I want to go a little bit free flow towards the end, and that's then the scary part. You know, I'm very comfortable with teaching the Word, but when I go free flow later on, it gets a bit scary. So if you just bear with me, and uh, I just want to say at the front end, I will still want us to be friends afterwards, okay? Um, And uh, so some of the predominant signs of the end times are and will be, number one, deception. Um, Jesus uh, uh, was asked by his disciples in Matthew 24 about what will be the sign of your coming and what will be the the sign of the end. The first thing that Jesus said in response to that was, he says, take heed that you're not deceived. All right, so deception uh, is uh, a major deal in the end times, and uh, to me as a person uh, and as a believer, just like yourself, and also to me as a pastor, uh, deception is one of the scariest thoughts uh, for me, and one of the reasons for it is because people who are deceived do not know they are deceived. That's the tragedy. All right. So there's deception, then there's a general moving away from truth and from righteousness. Uh, in Second uh, Timothy chapter three, it speaks about that in the in the last times, stressful and perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, and then it gives a whole list, a whole litany uh, of things that are not good. Uh, that there has been and will be uh, continue to be uh, a moving away from righteousness and from truth, and uh, sadly. Uh, many believers will backslide and move into deception. Uh, Where do we get that from? Well, Jesus said in Matthew 24, again, when he asked, or when he was asked about the signs, he says, the love of many will grow cold. And in Timothy, we are told that in the last days, uh, uh, some will depart from the faith so that there is people who are Christians today who are moving away from the faith, moving away from Christianity. And friends, let me tell you, it's really concerning. We're seeing a lot of that now. Uh, That whole church leaders and uh, denominational leaders are buying into this whole woke nonsense, which has absolutely nothing to do with Christianity. So it is a real concern. All right. And I should say that part of my message today is sort of part of a, of a burden that I carry. Uh, some of us are burdened uh, for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are burdened for the nation, and we are burdened for the, uh, for the nations uh, of the world. Uh, and that burden uh, works itself out in the sense of intercession, uh, where we pray for, uh, and we are, we are carrying this, there's almost like a grieve, a grieving on the inside, and after a while you just don't want to grieve no more. Uh, and and, and, and uh, so we have these burdens, and we have these things that are stirring on, on the inside of us, and, uh, and, and today's message is sort of part of that, uh, part of that, that uh, trust to say, uh, 
God, let the Christians wake up. Let, let at least the Christians know what's going on. And uh, so as I said, uh, uh, some of the things that I'll be saying today, uh, particularly a little bit later on, depending on how far we get, they may be a little bit confrontational, uh, but I need you to know that I love you. Uh, but in the end, in the end, I'm called to preach truth. And I've said this before, and I say this with all due respect. I don't really care about your feelings when I'm preaching. What I care about most is that you're in the truth. All right? That's what I care about most. So... As believers, we strongly have to guard against such trends uh, that we have just discussed here with deception and moving away from truth and backsliding and all of that. Uh, and, uh, and beware of prevailing corruption and deception that is in the world today. Um, and uh, so I want to begin here in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8. Uh, this is a scripture reference that a friend of mine shared recently as I met with a uh, what we might call a minister, minister's family, where the parents are ministers, uh, a young son is a minister. Vanessa and I had some time with them. Uh, I feel uh, I was really keen to catch up with them because I felt that they were people in the know. They were people that were connected up with what's going on. They were people that have their finger on the pulse because many people do not. And many Christian leaders do not have much of an understanding of what's really going on today, such as the state of today's affairs. So, Anyways, I was meeting with this young man. He said to me, look, he says, I'm working on this message from Ephesians chapter 5 uh, and particularly verse 11. And we'll touch on that very, very shortly. And, uh, and, he, and, he, and he says, look, he says, I, I, there is something here that God's laid on my heart. Uh, and when I let him explain what he was really talking about, I said to him, look, I says, uh, number one, I like the concept. I can absolutely see what you're saying. And so this message here is sort of born out of a, a discussion with this man. It's not my, my, it's not my concept. I've sort of embraced that from him. Uh, but I put the message together based on this scripture that I'm about to head towards, which is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. So I'm starting in verse 8. It says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness and righteousness and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Here it is. Uh, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, he says, but rather expose them. So today we're going to do a little exposing. All right, I'm doing an expose to expose some things, all right? For some of you, it's like, we knew that already, and I'm really pleased about that. But for some of you, it's like, what is he talking about? All right, so uh, uh, for, for verse 12, it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whoever makes man, or whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Uh, so here we are. <laughs> Praise God. Let me just break that down a little. Uh, you know, he starts out here, says, once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You know, uh, the moment we surrender our life to Jesus Christ, you know, we become born again. We move from darkness into light. Uh, that's spiritually speaking. It is also figuratively speaking, and it is also speaking in our day-to-day, day-to-day living. Uh, 
And then God commands us to walk as children of light. All right, the whole concept of light and darkness, uh, and I don't mean so much as in the physical day and night, but the whole concept of, 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 of light and, and darkness is very strong in, in the whole of the New Testament. It's touched on in the Old Testament. Um, and uh, God wants us, from the moment we are born again, He wants us to pursue goodness, righteousness, and truth. All right, the three areas that he mentions here, goodness, righteousness, and truth. And we must find out, he says, we must find out what is acceptable to the Lord. All right, so that would indicate to me immediately that certain things would not be acceptable to the Lord. All right, that makes total sense to me, uh, and I know it does to you as well. Find out what is acceptable to the Lord. And then he tells us, and this is the part that we're trying to get to, he says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Um, in the English Standard Version, it says, take no part in it. Just have, have nothing to do with it. All right, by the way, I've got a lot of references here, and I, I put in the little, uh, you know, abbreviations of the Bible translation that I'm working from, and I put that more in there for me than I do for you, but if you enjoyed it, uh, then that's good. But as I said, when I go back, uh, I, I want to be very meticulous in when I teach the Word, and when I go back and say, where did I get that from? Then I know where it's from, all right? So in the English Standard Version, take no part in, and in the Nasby translation, do not participate in. People say, well, of course it would say that. You know, we do, as Christians, we do not participate in murder, in adultery, and in killing babies, or in, in pedophilia. And, and of course we wouldn't. No, no, it's much bigger than that. All right? It's much bigger than that. Uh, he says, have no fellowship with these things, these uh, unfruitful works of darkness, uh, but rather expose them. So, so there is a there is a, a piece of a piece of a statement and then an instruction, uh, so to speak. He says, "Have nothing to do with this," but rather than just walking away, he says, "No, if anything, expose it." So that's sort of part of the message today. We are exposing some things uh, that are not immediately evident, and then he goes on to say things that are done by them in secret. By them. You know, Paul, the apostle, speaking here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he, he, he uses that concept, us and them. I try to avoid that when I'm preaching, mostly, because I don't want anybody to think that, you know, like, oh gosh, you know, it's, 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 it's them and us, is it? Uh, uh, but here, it's definitely us and them. It's us who are the born-again believers who have moved out of darkness and now walking as children of light, and them who are still in darkness, who are operating in darkness, out of darkness, works, unfruitful works in darkness. So it's kind of us and them. We need to really see that. Um, and... Uh, and people say, well, well, doesn't God love everybody? Well, well, absolutely he does. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But not everybody's going to make it to heaven. All right? Just because God loves people doesn't in and of itself mean that people automatically get to heaven. So, so we need to be aware of that. He says, things that are done by them in secret. And then in verse 13, he goes on to say, when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. When things are in darkness, 
They are invisible because it's darkness. All right? When sometimes I get up in the, in the middle of the night or I go to bed late, you know, I try not to turn on the light because it, my wife doesn't like it. All right, so I sort of, sort of, uh, I, I know I just open the door, I go in, I, I just, you know, I just feel my way, and there could be things going on, but I don't see them because it's dark, you see. But if I were to turn on the light, uh, I would immediately see any obstacles, any other things, and I'm usually okay. As I say, I'm usually okay. I work my way in there and then very quietly slide into bed, and, and, and it's all good. We're all good in the morning then, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> When anything is exposed by the light. So in other words, put the light on those things of darkness and then it becomes exposed. What you couldn't see before, but when you put the light on it, you can see it. And so who or what is this light? Well, in very simple terms, and this is not an exhaustive list, but this is certainly very important. Um, it says here, see, Christ will give you light. Christ, Jesus Christ will give you light. In fact, in John's gospel, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. All right, so Jesus is the light. But yet somewhat, it seems to me that that alone can almost be like a, a, an abstract statement in the sense that, well, that would automatically mean that all the Christians are in the light. And walk. no, no, there's a lot of Christians who are walking in darkness. There's a lot of Christians who don't know what's going on. There's a lot of Christians who haven't got a clue in regards to the corruption that is going on today. And these things are not at a distance. They're right in our face. And they're right in our lives. And they're right, coming right at us as families, as Christian families. And then, of course, we have the light of God's Word. Praise God for the Word. If it were not for the, world, for the Word, we would all be in darkness. Because the entrance of God's Word gives light, the psalmist said. is that Psalm 119, uh, verse oh, 135 or thereabouts. The entrance, when God's Word comes in, it gives us light. Peter was speaking about the, the prophecy. He says, we have this prophecy, meaning the written word of God, that we would do well to heed it. It'll be like a light that will shine on our path and give us an understanding in regards to where we're at. And then, of course, uh, the third area, quickly I want to highlight here, is the enlightening of the Holy Spirit. When suddenly the Holy Spirit just illuminates something. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16 speaks about the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, illuminated. Where God suddenly brings a revelation um, about a certain thing that is going on. Um, things that we have not seen before, but suddenly we can see it. And then he finishes off there in this verse there. And he says, awake you who sleep. Awake you who sleep. All right, so in other words, Christian, wake up, all right? And don't go woke, that's another thing, all right? But wake up, be, be awake and have an understanding of what's going on around you. And again, Ephesians 5.11, because really that's sort of the basis of this message here today. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. The word darkness here speaks about shadiness, speaks about obscurity. Um, all right. And then the Bible speaks about the hidden things 
of darkness. Things that are hidden. They're not non-existent things. They exist, but they're hidden. All right? They're hidden from us. So we don't know what's going on. But if we make an effort to research, make an effort to get to the right sources, because I've discovered, but even people who are born again, they have the light of Christ, they have the Word of God, and they will claim to have revelation and illumination from the Holy Spirit, yet they're still quite disconnected. And I want to, nowadays I want to talk to people who are connected. They know what's going on that is very, very important to me. Um, you know, I've made the comment uh, that uh, Christian leaders are, amongst other things, watchmen on the wall. In the Old Testament, they had walls, and they had watchmen on the wall who were up on the wall, up on a tower, and because of their vantage point, they were able to see danger coming and were able to alert things. And to me, every Christian leader has got some responsibility to be a watchman on the wall. You've you got to watch. As I say, for me, with everything that's gone down in the last two years, uh, two and a half years, uh, it, to me, I have no more time hardly for entertainment, but I spend a lot of time reading, a lot of time researching, and I, I do that every day, every day, at least an hour or two, sometimes three, four hours, just what's going on, who are the people that I need to listen to, and then researching, comparing, uh, speaking to people, what's God saying to you? And, and it's as if after a while, a picture begins to form, and then you think, gosh, I didn't know that before, but we know it now, all right? And we can order our lives based on this knowledge. So darkness speaks about shadiness, obscurity, and the word expose here means to reprove and to rebuke and to refute, tell someone's fault. So just put it out there is what Paul's telling us. He says, have nothing to do with it, but then put it out there and expose it because other people will get caught in those traps that have been laid for people uh, in today's population. Call to account is another meaning of that word expose. And the sense there is it's a, it is generally a suggestion of shaming the person convicted. So to point to the fault, point to the person and say, you have done wrong. And what you are doing in darkness, you're one of those people that is laying out traps for other people to fall into. And, uh, whew. When we're speaking about, in fact, let me read uh, a passage here out of the message translation. It's in the same passage here, uh, Ephesians 5.13. Messages, they now call it the Bible in contemporary language. It says, rip the cover of those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Rip the covers off those frauds. <laughs> it's like, pull it back. You know, it's interesting, but the world is very good at uh, making things look good, yet underneath it's rotten to the core. Everybody understands the, the concept and the term of, uh, of um, veneer. You go to the furniture shop and you look at a table like mahogany, like this is fantastic oak. 
It could even be American oak, which is a very lovely timber and very expensive. And, uh, you know, you buy the things like, this is amazing. You know, look at that. It's just a pattern on that timber there. This is absolutely fantastic. You buy it to take it home. You move it into the lounge. And in the way, you scratch against something and something. Oh, how low was that? That doesn't look like oak. That's just cheap MDF board under there. It's just veneer. It, it just looks good. All right. But when you get up closer, you suddenly think, this is not the real thing. All right? You drive down the street and you see houses. Oh, that, that house got a vetterboard. That house is a, is a brick house. It's got bricks. You carry on and say, oh, that brick house, I quite like that. You go up to it. It's up for sale. And you touch the brick and you tap on it and say, that does not sound like brick. It's veneer. It's a brick look. It's not the real thing. All right, and so it's just a cement board. So what I'm saying is uh, the world is really good at that, and I'm okay with buying furniture that are, you know, uh, veneer. You know, you just buy what you like, but I'm just wanting to, to let us know that that is right across the board in the world. They've worked out on how to make things look good. With people getting up behind lecterns and behind the microphone, they look lovely, they're well presented, they've got a lovely smile, yet they lie through their teeth with great impunity. It's unbelievable. It's like some of us are saying, how do they get away with this this long? When are these people going to be locked up? When are people going to be held to account for crimes against humanity? So the world's corruption, uh, what does that mean? Well, Second Peter 1.4 it says that God has given us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. All right, what is corruption? It's depravity. Corruption is moral decay and all of those things. And the question that I want to ask, and it's in your outline, where is the corruption? It tells us it's in the world. All right. I don't see any. No, it's all around us. But a lot of it is covered over. Things that are hidden and things that are covered over with pretty words, with pretty language, uh, and with all sorts of clever lies. Uh, corruption is in the world. There is a depravity there that defies belief. Um, and in my journey as a human being, and some of you are a similar vintage to myself, it's like we, we have never been here before. It's always been bad in parts, uh, but some of us, are, we do, it's like we do not recognize uh, uh, this place anymore. It's just for, for the young people who are just growing up, they don't know any different. They're born into this. But for some of us where we have been, when, you know, the day when you were able to trust politicians, and there was a day when you were able to trust politicians, for me those days are long behind us. And this is just one thing uh, I want to throw out there, and I might get into uh, things a little bit more later on. See, I got this dilemma that I got going on. You know, I got this sort of this restrictions placed on us uh, by various things. You know, we got the we got our live stream going on, we got the tube, and they got terms of service. If I breach the terms of service, we're off the tube. Uh, I just don't want to play this game anymore. You know, last year at the this year at the ICFM convention, I ministered a message along some of these lines, but I was being sort of quite targeted. Um, and of course, that was an in-house message. Uh, it was recorded. It was made available to those who purchased the recordings, and that was all fine until somebody said, look, I can't access it. And, and we have a young man, a man who helps us with the technology, uh, not 
here, but, you know, uh, remotely. And he says, look, he says, I'll put the message on my YouTube channel. You can watch it from there. I'll take it back down again. Well, it wasn't up there 24 hours, and it got struck down. And, uh, and of course, the tube has a rule. You breach their terms of service. It's three strikes, and you're out. All right, so my message was evidently not acceptable to the tube. Uh, by the way, this message will not be uploaded today for reasons that I have just explained to you. So praise God. Uh, hallelujah. First John chapter 5, verse 19, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. And then he says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. All right, so uh, quite a lot of content in those few verses there. Um, He's basically saying that we are of God. Once, once you're born again, you are of God. All right. And uh, what's interesting is that, you know, as believers, we are still in the world, but Jesus says, you're not of it. And in John uh, 17, Jesus prayed to the Father. He says, Father, I'm not praying that you will take them out of the world. He says, they're in the world. But he says, they're being hated by the world, uh, but that you will protect them uh, in the world. So we're in the world, but we're not of it. The world system. You see, the corruption that goes on in the world system, in the political area, in the economic area, in the banking area, in the medical world, in the education, the corruption is unbelievable. And here, I guess uh, it brings to light as to uh, why that is so. The Bible says that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. NIV says the whole world is under the control of the evil one. And, 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 and so I was ministering a, a message a number of years ago now, decades, uh, and from that very text here, and I used an example of when you travel up on State Highway 1, you travel along the coast there, particularly once you get up you know, past Capitan and along the coast there, and there's trees, and you move along the Foxen Strait, and you get all of these trees there, but every single tree just about has got a lean on it. And the reason for that is because you get the prevailing northwesterly coming in offshore, and they're hitting those, those trees, and then you know, they go inland and dissipate. And those trees have grown up in that, in that harsh environment, and every single tree has got a lean on it just about. And that really to me is a picture, a word picture of what it looks like when the whole world lies under the sway, under the drift, under the control of the wicked one. Everything has a lean on it. And yet the Bible tells us that the word of God is like a plumb line. In your way back, I used to do silly things, you know, like I actually literally brought a plumb line to church one day. Um, I hung it up in front of everybody just to do a show and tell. And I says, the plumb line, you know, there's a string and the plumb bob at the bottom there. And I said, look, I says, this plumb line, uh, the Word of God is like that. If I take this plumb line, I'll take the string and I push it over this way and I, I put a sway on it that way. It, it, it's flexible, but then when I leave it alone uh, and, and I don't interfere with it, it'll always return and give you an absolutely vertical line. So the Word of God is an absolute vertical line, straight as a die, 
but everything in the world has got a lean on it. Um, and um, some of the leans that we have discovered and unearthed of late, and in the, in, in the early days of researching and looking and all of that, it's like, this is shocking. But now, when something new comes to light, I'm no, I'm no longer surprised. I, I'm, I got to the stage now, why am I not surprised anymore? It's interesting. Dear children, First uh, John 5.21 in the message translation, be on guard against all clever facsimiles. Be against guard, or be on guard against all clever facsimiles. Again, this is the Bible in modern translation. What's a facsimile? Well, <laughs> young people don't know what faxes are. We still remember my generation, we still remember the fax machines. We had one upstairs. And the fax machine was before the days of email. The fax machine, you would take a mask to shove it into that machine. Uh, it's a little bit like a, a, a photocopy, if you like, where the, the, the paper gets fed into the machine and then you put in the number, the fax number of the recipient and this thing would sort of go through and then send them a copy. Um, the thing to remember is that the fax is never the master. You only got one master, but what comes out the other end is a lookalike, but it's never the real, the same deal. It is only a, a reproduction of, and that's where he says, be on guard against all clever facsimiles. Be, be, just watch, just watch. You know, pull back the cover and, and do your own research. Don't take nobody's word for it. It's interesting that, uh, you know, the days where you could trust you know, governments, you could trust the medical establishment, you could trust, you know, the system. And I'm saying all of these areas have got good people in it. All right, so I'm not saying that everybody in there is wicked. I'm not saying that at all. But the system uh, is uh, under the sway of the wicked one. Second Corinthians 11.3, I'm afraid... Paul says that your minds will be corrupted and that you will, be, that you will abandon your full and pure devotion to Christ in the same way that Eve was deceived by the snake's clever lies. And guess what? The same snake is still dishing out clever lies today. They're clever until you investigate them. Take nothing on what it looks like on the surface. As I said, that's a great way to get into trouble because the snake is so clever. I don't want to give no credence to the devil, but there's one thing that he's very good at. I mean, he's defeated and, you know, it's, it's, it's all done, but he's still operating. In the, one thing he's very good at, and that's a deception. He has deceived multiple generations and hordes of people over the generations. He is very, very good at that. He did that to, to Eve by lying to her, by twisting, taking part of the truth and sort of twisting it a little bit, adding a bit of a other mixture in there and presenting it, and she absolutely fell for it. So the snake, the serpent uh, called the devil, Satan, who is a real being still roaming the earth today, aided by demon spirits, lying spirits, spirits of deception, seducing spirits, spirits of lust, spirits of, you know, thievery, the spirits of with multiple specialties. They're still around today. Ephesians 4.14. Um, just cover that scripture and then we're going to go free flow. Is that all right? Yeah. Ephesians 4.14 then we will no longer be immature like children. 
We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Okay, so we need to, we need to realize that there are lies so clever, lies so clever that unless you investigate it, they sound like the truth. They're like, like that facsimile. It's not the master. It's not the real thing. It is a fake. It is a, it is a uh, you know, it's a veneer uh, and underneath. Uh, and one thing that we know today is that the wicked crowd have hijacked language. And they're using it in such a clever way today that most unassuming people don't know it's happening. It's done so cleverly, it is so sophisticated that when somebody turns up just because they got a suit on, they got a smile, you know, a suit, whether that's male or female, you know, in a business suit or something, or a lovely dress and lovely smile, well done. You know, some of these people, they don't get in front, uh, uh, out in the open or in front of a camera unless they spend one hour being groomed over by, you know, people uh, uh, that are running around with them. And there's one European... Uh, um, uh, president slash prime minister that had a hairdresser travel around with him. He had his own personal hairdressers to do up his hairdo before he would present himself in front of people. All right, so it's just very interesting. Uh, so when people try to trick us with lies so clever, they sound like the truth. Let me make a few statements uh, as a bouncing point, and then we'll see how far we get with that. But, you know, on the surface... Everything seems fine, but in reality, all is not well. The world is not in good shape. Things around us are not in good shape. There's veneer put over it. Uh, and so, oh, isn't it wonderful that we're now out of the, you know, out of the mandates? And all, well, we we actually not fully. Uh, they tell us we are, but you know, we we are not. All is not well. There is a creeping control going on, and uh, and 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 what's what I, what I see is like, how, how don't people realize what's happening? It is creeping. It is so slow that most people who are so busy with their lives and been so scared of that uh, plague that supposedly goes around and, and so busy with their own world and their own entertainment, they don't realize that this thing is moving. It's gradually coming in. You know, they tell us that a snake, the boa constrictor, uh, will wrap itself around its victim and start to put a bit of a squeeze on. But every now and then, it'll loosen up a little bit. And, and the victim, and it might be an animal, it might be a person, putting, oh, I can breathe now. And they breathe out and, and suddenly the squeeze comes comes back on again, and then, and then it just doesn't let up anymore. So we think we've got a bit of a reprieve and a bit of a respite right now. Just watch out. All right. Do not be deceived. Don't let them come in with control, and don't accept things that otherwise you would not accept if they would not be able to put a whole population into such fear as we have experienced the last two and two and a half years. Never in the history of mankind has Satan been able to exercise such tight control over the world's population. Never before. Never before. 
Because what we have today is, I mean, the devil's always been a mean devil, and whoever comes under his influence, you know, will be sorry. You know, it'll be, but, but the technology and the system has not been in place as it is in place today. Um, and it is unbelievable. We now got crooked governments and we got power hungry technocrats that have conspired together to control the world's population. They've got together, they had their round table discussions. And some of them are psychopaths. They're extremely mean and nasty people, yet they've got a very good public image. Most Western governments today, and this is my opinion, and, and guess what? You know, the last time I checked, we still live in a, in a democracy. And in a democracy, I'm, I got freedom of speech. I got freedom of opinion. And even if I'm wrong, I'm allowed to be wrong. Okay? Because that's what democracy is. We don't lock people up and shoot them away unless they get into criminal activity. Of course, that's a whole other ball game. But, but I'm allowed to be wrong in this thing. So let me say that most Western governments today no longer serve the people who elected them. They serve ideologies, what I would call isms. All right? Communism, socialism, Marxism and all of these other is isms. So they serve ideologies and they serve globalist masters. So rather than listening to the people who have sent them into power, they're listening to people who are above them and putting pressure and exerting pressure on governments to do stuff that is just, it's just mean. It's just nasty. It does not make sense. Yet they're doing it. And they're telling us that everything is wonderful. Everything is sweet. We are the progressives. We will take you forward. Watch the progressives. They will always take you back. Okay. It's a, it's a, a hijacking of language. We got, uh, there's a statement here that I came across the other day and I like it, so I thought I'd put it in there. All right, you don't have to agree with it, but, but it's, I like it, okay? So it's in there because I like it. Here it is. Liberalism is a severe form of insanity. <laughs> okay, I'll put it in there because I like it. Okay. <laughs> uh, and the next point there is climate change is the new religion. Now, I know I'm bouncing around a bit, and when I get to the end of this message, I think, oh, gosh, I haven't done a good job. It's, it's just been all over the place. I could have covered this better. I could have, you know, given a more comprehensive view. But this is only one message. We've got more time. We've got other opportunities to bring more of this stuff out. And I would really want everybody to be listening very, very carefully. And I want our young people to be listening because young people are getting bombarded every day in them places what they call schools. And even in kindergartens now, they're coming at kids with a lot of these lies. And it is just, if some of you parents and grandparents, if, if you don't know what's going on there, you will be shocked what's leveled at your kids today. All right. So liberalism is a severe form of insanity. And the next point there is climate change is the new religion. Um, and climate change has now become everything. Uh, and uh, I've sort of studied that whole thing. For the last 15 years, reading, researching, 
um, global warming. Uh, we had a man come to our region here. He gave a lecture and he called global warming the biggest hoax of the, of the decade or of the century. I thought, oh, okay. So anyway, so, so you know, do you hear things and you don't immediately embrace them? You say, oh, I need to look into that. Uh, and, uh, but you see, here's, here's what's going on because everybody is talking about it. The world's talking about it. The world puts that right behind it, right there to me. It's a lie. And then, of course, one thing that I've wrestled with in, in regards to that whole climate change, it is undeniable that climate has changed. So I think, oh, maybe it's true. Well, until you find out of weather modification technology that has existed for decades. And one of those systems for you who are inclined to research your own stuff, and I really encourage you to do that, all right? Don't just take things because I say so. Do your own homework. Do your own due diligence. You, you Google a, a, uh, a word or a number of letters called HAARP, H-A-A-R-P. Um, and the HAARP system uh, has been built first, uh, from what we understand, by the American military up in Alaska. And there's a, a field the size of a couple of three football fields with big antennas set up. And they're pumping in power and they're shooting up uh, frequency up into above the stratosphere, up into the eye. Ionosphere, if that's what they call it. I, you know, some of that is a bit out. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, a scientist. They're shooting things up there, and they do that long enough. They will modify the weather over that particular area, uh, and they, they, they can do that all day and every day. And it turns out that the Americans have got that technology, even though now they're telling us they've dismantled it. My question immediately is, have they really dismantled it? And if so, where do they move it to? Because they don't get rid of these things because the Americans have got it, the Russians have got it, the Chinese have got it. And uh, with the current governments in place, I don't trust these people, I don't trust these people, and I don't trust these people. All right. Have you heard of the term cloud seeding? It'd be an interesting thing to do a search on that. And I usually say Google it. You know, Google, I got this love-hate relationship. I don't really like using Google uh, because I'm finding that, uh, you know, I don't want Google to know where I've been and what I've looked at. And, and Google wants to know everything. Uh, but yet sometimes I Google things and it brings things up. And then, but, but, but when Google then on my Chrome, on my browser, wants to do an update, I don't do the update because I'm finding that each time I do an update, then they're not only changing the algorithms that they've got at their end, they're trying to change it at my computer. So when I do a search for certain things, suddenly it no longer comes up. All right, because information is controlled. Thanks for watching Victory Christian Center. For more content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Or you can subscribe to our podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. Check out our website at victory.net.nz. We'll see you again soon.